Welcome back to another episode of It Is All Geek To Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I'm Trey. And that must mean I'm Tim. Well, today, Bilbo, we're going on an adventure. We are talking about one of my favorite universes of all time. So I'm really excited to get into it. We're diving into the Lord of the Rings, the books, the movies, The Hobbit, everything. You name it, we're getting into it. It's going to be a great time, because you know. It's all geek to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. Right, so we are talking Lord of the Rings for the very first time on this podcast. It took us way too it, long to get here. Way too long. It, I think we were yeah. both just unsure what to talk about with Lord of the Rings, so we just kept pushing it off. It's just so much. It, there's a lot there, but so good. It's it's so enjoyable. It's one of my favorites. But we have an elephant in the room for those who are actually watching on YouTube. You already see it. But we have a guest star. First guest of 2024. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> and this one's a special one because this is my wife, Madison. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Maddie, and I guess I'm here because I really love Lord of the Rings. I have since I was a little kid. So I'm excited to be on y'all's podcast. It's going to be dope. Welcome. We're excited so to have fun. you. It's going to be a great time. This is, is going to be fun. It's gonna be a great I am excited. Any day I get to talk about Lord of the Rings is a good day. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that, sister. Oh, man. It's going to be good. So you said you've been a Lord of the Rings fan since you were a kid. Yeah. Have you read the books? I have read the books. I've read The Hobbit. I have maps of Lord of the Rings. I have my own sword. Oh. I've got my own props. Like... Yeah, it's a, it's an obsession. I'm not gonna lie. Which sword do you have? Um, I just have a basic long sword, and the funny thing is, I did get it at a homeschool convention, so I pretend that it's Aragorn's sword. But um, yeah, That's it's not a specific dope. sword from the movie. I just got it because it looked cool. Hey, I love it. Yeah, swords are awesome. Swords are great. I love swords. Me too. I have a sword. <laughs> it's not from the movies either, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a great time. Trey, do you have a sword? I actually have a sword, but it's not Lord of the Rings sword. <laughs> hey, we all have swords. We're one step closer to being Lord of the Rings, guys. Look now at if that. we could just get that's lightsabers, great. that'd be cool too. But that's a different I topic. <laughs> I want some lightsabers. I want a Neopixel. Lightsabers are great. Yes. Oh, my! one of my coworkers just got one of those. Oh, it's jealous. Real nice. It's super good. Yeah. It, yeah, it's dope. Cool. He showed me during our shift. We walked outside during our shift at the restaurant. He's like, dude, look at this. And we like swung it around. Every oh, time. nice. Like, That's should, fun. We should be working right now, but this is more important. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but what made, like, going back to Lord of the Rings, yeah. what made you become a fan? Um, I would definitely say my dad had the biggest influence on me. And then I was oh, already, awesome. already, like, geared towards 
liking the outdoors and having kind of adventurous type of spirit, like being outside mm -hmm. all the time. And so I think if you're a really outdoorsy person, I do think that Lord of the Rings is a little bit more attractive to those type of people, if that makes sense. Um, because you've got a oh, lot yeah. of landscape, you cover a lot of landscape, there's a lot of things that happen outside. Strider could be compared to like being a hunter. So um, I would definitely say my dad had the biggest influence on me though. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. All right. What about you, Trey? What made you want to become a fan? Well, Lord of the Rings actually was not my fandom. I I would have to say, even right now, I feel kind of like the third wheel. Because I know <laughs> both of you are huge Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. And I am, I still like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Lord of the Rings is really cool. And I will watch all the movies all the time. I want to read the books more. But I can tell you, it was not my cup of tea. Like, I liked Star Wars. I liked uh, Narnia. I liked um, more of these, like, other type of epic fantasies. Mm -hmm. But when I first got introduced to it, I actually read the books before I watched the movies. Okay. Um, when I was seventh grade, I read through all three of the Lord of the Rings books. It's Do impressive. I remember a lot of them <laughs> from seventh grade? No. <laughs> Right. No. And I, I want to go back and reread them because seventh grade Trey was not reading at that level. And I think he just kind of flipped through the pages to make mm -hmm. sure that he said he'd read them. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that because I actually haven't read through the books. Really? So I should just flip through what? them. Yeah, I know. I've listened to the first one on audio, like audiobook. Yeah. But I haven't read through the books. I'm super bummed about it. Oh. I've always wanted to. You should. But. I just like now is like in my life, I go through books really slowly because of just mm. how busy I am. And so I've always like, no, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Maybe this year I'll get to it. And then the year passes. I'm like, oh, this year, definitely. I'm going to get to it. And then the year passes and it's like, oh man. Oh, I will <laughs> say I'm a if, huge fan. if you go to read the books, put the soundtrack on in the background and it makes the reading experience oh. more fun and just have it on repeat. It's a great time. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I love I the soundtrack. It's amazing. The, yeah. Incredible. I would also add, if you are a audiobook reader, Andy Serkis has narrated yes. all of them now. It's so good. Uh, and so those are that's so That's the one good. I, yeah. That's the one I've listened to. And it's, mm -hmm. he does such a good job at like narrating everything. He it's really like, does. Oh, if you feel like you're there. He has the most like, versatile voices for all the characters. Yeah, I watched an interview with him when he like when they were being released the books, and he was like, "Yeah, I've done like over a hundred different voices for the books alone. Like, it's just insane how many voice." And he like does a couple of them. He's like, "For Gandalf, I do this. Like, and I go like mm -hmm. lower with this like, you know, wise <laughs> bass right. type voice. But with with Bilbo or you know or Sam or whatever, he does higher. And it's like, dude, like, and the fact that he can keep, keep up with straight. them exactly, exactly. Yeah." Oh, yeah, it's crazy. So, high praise to Andy Serkis. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love the movies, though. The movies are what made me a fan. Mm. Um, I remember watching them as a kid, like, growing up, and my, my dad was like, hey, like, let's watch Lord of the Rings. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, dope. Let's do it. And it was just from that moment, I was like, <gasps> yes. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> That's kind of how it started yeah. with me and my dad. My, I think I – so I was – first introduced to the world of Middle Earth when I was maybe about 
I don't know, eight or nine years old. So there are um, old like cartoon versions of The Hobbit and even The Lord of the Rings from the 80s. And I forget the name of yep. the director off the top of my head. But um, my dad introduced me to the 80s cartoon of The Hobbit, and I loved it. But he also had, I had a, like a Fisher-Price record player that he had gotten me. And he had his old record that was based off of the video. Because back in the day, you could get a story record, kind of like an audiobook. And then you would flip to the pages, and the pages were the same cartoon as what was on the video. So I would go oh, through so that cool. over and over and over again. And so I originally was introduced to the hobbit but then one day when i was like 12 i think my dad had shown me some clips of the lord of the rings and i came down and I'm like dad i really want to watch it like if i watch it with you can we finally watch it and he's like sure why not so in the evenings it took us about like a week because we'd have to watch it in portions yeah. and he was just super busy and i didn't want to see it without him um we would just watch like maybe half an hour to an hour's worth of it and it took us about a week but every night i was like just waiting and itching to like watch the rest of it um and for my dad to like be done with work so we could watch it um so oh, i was cool. introduced to the movies and it was honestly like my first like and i was probably actually like 11 and not 12 but it was probably the first like true action film movie i had seen so it had even bigger impact mm -hmm. on me it was like the first like adulty type movie that I had yeah. seen with like a ton of action in it. So it was a great first exposure um, to that side of like movies. And then eventually I went back and I read the books. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Are you a theatrical or extended? Mm, when extended. But if I'm going to introduce yes, someone sure. to it, theatrical yes. i want them to stay engaged in it and there's a lot of little things mm -hmm. that you don't appreciate it until you're first hooked so when you're first hooked like i was so i watched them on the theatrical version when i eventually found out that there was an extended version it was almost like i got like a little surprise like oh my gosh there's more to it i want more to it <laughs> um so it's a nice little gift later on to give to people but definitely extended I'll, from now on i'll also add to that we we got lucky and about two years ago when the theaters were coming back open oh, and things like I'm that so after jealous. the pandemic. <laughs> yes. The Lord of the Rings were actually shown in the theaters. Yes. Of course the theatrical version, not the extended. Right. And we got to at least go see we missed the first one, Fellowship. Mm -hmm. But we got to see Two Towers and Return of the King. I will say seeing will Helm's cool. Deep on the big screen. Yes. The Battle of oh. Helm's Deep, I lived for that. I lived for it. And Aragorn pushing the big doors open and shaking his wet hair. Oh, like, I, I live for that, too. But the fighting <laughs> itself was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, man. I was so jealous when Trey was telling me you guys were going to see it in theaters. I was like, man, I wish I could yeah. see it in theaters. None of the theaters around me were playing it. Oh, that sucks. And I always found out. Like, my coworker was able to go see it. Mm -hmm. But it was like, he told me after. Like, they were mm -hmm. all gone from theaters. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like... Come on. I really yeah. wanted to go see it because it was like the 20-year anniversary or something like that. Oh, that sucks. And so I was like, dang. Well, maybe like, at the 50-year anniversary, it. we can all go yeah, when we're like in our 50s. Years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring our kids and their kids, you know. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. But yeah. All right. So, so I was super bummed. But So talking about the movies then, all three, let's, let's ignore The Hobbit for right now. Let's pretend that didn't exist. We're it's back easy to in, do. what, 2006? <laughs> the movie, right? Last movie came in. 
I think the last movie was 2006, 2008 era. Yeah. Which one was your favorite? So we have Fellowship Two Towers and Return of the King. Which one would you turn on at any point in time and say, yeah, I'll watch this? Two Towers. That's super easy. Yep. I was about to say, that's super hey, easy. This it's is why we're friends, be two honestly. And I do think a big <laughs> part of it towers. is because you're starting to see characters change. You've already kind of built up the yeah. story. So you're into more of the action. You can't get over the Battle of Helm's Deep. I'm obsessed with it. It's too good. It's, it's one it's of the incredible. best movie yeah. battles ever filmed, like ever. Um, mm-hmm. And the you could just tell that everybody's like more comfortable in their roles in that movie too. Like people are just comfortable being, you know, and their duos on the side or, you know, being Aragorn and fighting and whatever. But yeah, definitely Two Towers. Yeah, for me, it's definitely Two Towers as well. And for very similar reasons, but I also, like, my favorite er- my character is Aragorn and Legolas. Mm-hmm. And so seeing Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli on their little, like, adventure yes. together is just my favorite. Well, when they're, was... like, going to Rohan, and then, like, it's yes. just so good. And you really see Viggo Morrison in his, like, element. Mm-hmm. Like, just... And like I'm, like I'm the type of person when I watch the movie, I'm like, oh, in that scene, Vigo broke his foot when he kicked the helmet. Like, yes, that like there's the most <laughs> in the in that movie. There is the most in of that. Yes, and so I just love like. I'm like, oh yeah! Did you know he like he adopted that horse at the end of the movie and like yes! he wore his outfits as they were just traveling. I it. love I like, that. Oh, like, it's so good, and Vigo makes it for me. Yeah, he's just so he plays Aragorn so well, mm-hmm. and it blows my mind that he wasn't their first choice. Like, Vigo was not their first choice to play Aragorn. And I was yep. like, how could you not? Like, he's who, he's perfect. Who was the first choice? I always forget. But it was, like, a really big name um, at the time. And they weren't willing to commit to the three-year commitment um, to being gotcha. in New Zealand for three years. They're, they're like, nah, who, I can't do that. Who and doesn't so, want to go to New Zealand for three years? I know, like, right? It's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was more of the risk because, like... Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was like well known, but it wasn't like this big like yeah. thing as it is now. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, they were like, "I'm taking the risk of filming three movies back to back to back before you even really release the first one." And if the first one tanks, I've now wasted a year and a half extra on top of all of that. And so they're like, "It's not worth the risk when I could be doing other movies or three movies in the amount of time that you're doing those." And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't even see that nowadays anymore because if you have a movie that, like, yeah, I would like to have sequels, so I'm thinking, like, Dune. Mm-hmm. Dune was probably one of the first movies that they filmed back-to-back to make sure that they had two movies going in. But other yeah. movies will film one, check for the audience reaction, check for the scores, and then decide if they're going to continue or not. And unfortunately, we have a lot of movies that just kind of are gone, like, there's no conclusion to these movies because of that so which sucks yeah Yeah. that does suck so tim it sounds like you're Mm. the type of person that likes to be commentary when you're either introducing movies or watching them with other people it depends on the movie (laughs) um because there are certain movies where i'm like okay like we got to be like we got to pay attention to this right like interstellar inception like those movies Mm -hmm. we have to like think I'm like, all right, like, pay attention. Like, yeah, these, these are important scenes, important right. dialogue. 
But like Lord of the Rings, like there are moments where you don't have to like you can talk. Yeah. And like you can like and you can dialogue while they're like riding through That's the hills. That's true. And, while you're seeing the next yeah. like thirtieth scene of like a mountainside, you can like quickly interject exactly. what happened in the last scene. I try so hard. I definitely am that type of person. I try so hard on first introduction to not like comment on it just so people can enjoy the movie yeah but when we go back to watch it again i'm definitely commenting on everything everything yeah so. I'm, I'm definitely the same way and i i got that from and it also depends on who i'm watching it with mm-hmm. um like when i was in college me and a buddy nathan we watched the the trilogy every semester yeah we would take a weekend i and watched we it every watch, summer we died it's, it's such a great time. And so we would watch either like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or like just Saturday, Sunday. And we'd watch extended edition only. And we would just hang out, get pizza, get food, and just watch it. And we'd right. be like, hey, we're doing our Lord of the Rings marathon this weekend? Yeah. All right. Let's go. And every nice. semester we did it. Nice. And we would always like bring people in and be like, hey, you've mm-hmm. never seen it? Well, we're watching it this weekend. Like, join <laughs> us. And I wish we did the theatrical and we had new people because there were a couple people that were like, dude... It's so this long. This is too long. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're an hour three. Theatrical is how you hook up. an hour up. and a half left. Right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And I, I definitely learned that during this that experience and that mm. time. Um, but like me and him, like we would make comments. We would just be like, oh, dude, I love this scene coming up. I love this line. Like I love, you know, this, the way it was shot, the way it was. And then we would just literally dissect the movie. Yeah. Because we literally seen it a million times by that point especially by my senior year of college right and so we were just like all yeah we went off on it that's so cool it was such a good time did you (laughs) speaking of like those random commentary type facts i guess trey didn't know this one last time we sat down to watch it because i would every summer sit down and i would watch all the movies um Mm -hmm. and then i would sit down and i would watch all of the behind the scenes for the movies like in the background because I didn't. Oh, it's awesome! I will only watch them once a year because I want to savor it and I don't want to overdo it. Um, mm. Not that I think you can overdo Lord of the Rings, but just I like the thought of savoring it. <laughs> but I would watch the behind the scenes because I was sad that it was over. And my little like summertime, like escape and getaway was over. I'd have to wait till next summer to watch them again. So I'd watch the behind the scenes. But last time I was watching through with them with Trey. Um, one of the commentary facts that I thought was super interesting was they did all the chain mail by hand and oh, that's dope. yeah, all of the chain mail. So it took two guys and that was their sole job for the whole set of Lord of the Rings was just to piece chain mail together bit by bit. It took them, I want to say two years and I could be wrong on that to Jeez. finish all the chain mail cause they had to have backup costumes and things like that. But they, because they did it by hand for so long, they actually rubbed away all their fingerprints on their fingers. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how that's going for them these days, but they literally rubbed away their fingerprints. Yeah. So, talk about how to get away with like crime, you know, if you don't have any fingerprints. Yeah, just, you know, know. spend two years 
right. Put chain mail. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and like, how do you explain like, that to people? Off. Like, I don't have fingerprints. Yeah. It's because I've been doing chain mail piecing for like two years. So, <laughs> but I just think I, that I'm that's. I'm picturing their grandkids. Right. Like, coming up to them, like, Grandpa, like, why don't you have finger t- <laughs> fingerprints? <laughs> right. Like, well, <laughs> let me, let me, <laughs> let tell, me you. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> spent two years on a movie set yes yeah gosh that's crazy mm-hmm. that i still insane. think probably one of my favorite kind of tidbits from the movies though comes from two towers which mm-hmm. i would agree with you guys two towers is the best one yeah um, so good. the helms deep not only did they like do all the action scenes and all that in like a giant um kind of set but they also developed a miniaturized set in order to do a lot of the kind of special effects mm-hmm. that were yeah. all practical and i think that's, that's so the cool. best part about lord of the rings is there's like no cgi in this in these mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. it's all which is practical. why it looks so good like yeah. you could watch that movie now and they've been out for 25 years like we talked about and they still look good yep and i think that's like what a lot of movies are missing nowadays with like mm-hmm. the development of cgi is like you can tell if they don't take their time like okay mm-hmm. that's cgi like this is even yeah. if they do take their time, you can tell what's CGI and what's not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a lost art that this movie really that Peter Jackson and the crew of this movie embraced of we're gonna make everything we can practical. Agreed. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love Christopher Nolan so much is he mm-hmm. is all about making as much as he can practical. Yeah. And it just makes it feel real. You, you can know? feel the passion right. in the movie and the movie making um, when things are practical. Yeah. So so kind of going on the practical effects versus CGI, though. So Lord of the Rings holds up. Like, Return of the King, I think, still holds the most nominations for an Oscar. I believe it still is there. Um, and so what do you guys think between all these movies? So Lord of the Rings, or Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, being held in such high regard... And then we have the hobbits. So once again, talking about let's stick to like the more practical effects type stuff. Do you think that the Hobbit movies are more this is other people's views. I'm not trying to be biased or anything. A lot of people call those ones inferior to the Lord of the Rings. Do you think the CGI and the the practical effects have a a role in that in like people's perceptions on the two series? Good question. Good question. Maddie, do you want to start or want me to take it? I don't mind to start ripping into the Hobbit movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Go for it. I'd take us away. I saw all of them in the theater just because, you know, I am still passionate about the story. And I started yeah. with the Hobbit. So the Hobbit's special to me. I still consider it to be a part of the Lord of the Rings. It's just the prequel to it, basically. Um And I love the book to death, but there's several things wrong with the movies, CGI included. Um, One, you definitely don't get as much passion out of it as you did from Lord of the Rings. You can tell that they were made quicker, that they didn't have... They had more CGI in it as opposed to practical effects. So again, you lose kind of the passion that comes from it. Um, And then it was never... I think everybody who dislikes them would agree that it was never meant to be made into three movies. It was meant to be one, just like each one of the Lord of the Rings movies was its own movie. And they're about the books. So 
for example, Fellowship of the Ring is about as thick as The Hobbit. So you're adding in a ton of stuff. Um, oh, the yeah. things that they added were things that maybe... Um, it's not like they just added the white orc and stuff in there because they came up with it. There were actually some writings from J.R.R. Tolkien on the side as he was like going and writing kind of the history of middle of earth and there's maybe like one or two sentences in his writings that they pulled the white work and his story out of to kind of justify it but it's too much and (laughs) if we think about lord of the rings if you've read the books we all know who tom bombadil is except for you tim i mean maybe you have it on i forgot you listened to at least an audio so you know who tom bombadil is he's great but would he have really added to the lord of the rings movies if you had seen it like i feel like it doesn't really add to the story or the arc of characters so that's something you'd have to take out so i feel like they added a bunch of stories that would have been similar to tom bombadil's story which they don't add like a really good arc they Mm -hmm. just don't flow well with the movie and it was just meant to be one movie not three yeah i feel like tom bombadil probably would have gotten on a lot of people's nerves if mm-hmm. he was put in the movie. Would have been the like, even in the George book, Binks oh. equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good, though. <laughs> I know. I like him, but on a screen watching it, you would feel yeah. so distracted and lose interest. <laughs> but in the book setting... I mean, setting, like, just imagine in this, like, epic adventure... A man in yellow boots is jumping and singing around, you know? Yeah. And don't they all run around the forest naked at one point? Like, I don't think we really want to see that on the movies. Like, (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That whole, like, Tom Bombadil chapter, it's like a chapter and a half. It's like a fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. It's funny, it's interesting, but it's a fever dream. Absolutely. Yeah. And they and they don't need like the characters like Sam, Frodo, Mary, and Pippin don't even believe what's going on. They're just like, yeah. "What is happening?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. If it's I remember so, correctly, so he's so he's so out there that they don't trust him at first. They're like, mm-hmm. "He he can't be like he can't be a good guy. He's got to mm-hmm. be one of the bad ones." Right. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. Yeah, it's great. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so with the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, what do you guys also think about? just the popularity of it so on someone looking on the outside in because i i wasn't kind of a part of this in the height of the popularity i neither of you guys because this these books were written in like what the 60s or earlier i don't know if i was alive i could have been alive (laughs) then i could look really good for my age Mm -hmm. i could be 80 90 years old you don't know cgi yep (laughs) de-aging yeah. Put it on the the video feed. That's why I look as young as I do. <laughs> so, what do you guys think has brought more <laughs> of the rings into the like? Why are people still so engaged in Lord of the Rings, even though it's been years and decades since we even had the last movie? I think it's just partly like everyone's just looking for an epic adventure. Like at at the the heart of it, that's what these movies are. It's just an epic adventure that just is traveling for a, a noble purpose, defeating evil. Like it's good versus evil, epic adventure, taking people that normally wouldn't go on an adventure, people that are happy just living their life 
farming, you know, living in a, in a hole in the ground and then being the, the centerpiece of this story. And I think Tolkien just does a great job at showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what people are looking for everywhere. You know, a good versus evil, you know, right versus wrong adventure mm-hmm. at the heart of it. So, I don't know. That's I, what I think. That's my two cents. I think, I mean, if you think about all the different types of worlds, like if you went to like, for example, like a Comic-Con convention, you're not just going to find people dressed up as like Ergarn. You, you've got different, like, fandoms. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Narnia, um, maybe Harry Potter. But they all have something in common, and that's they're all super immersive um, stories. Mm-hmm. So it's not... I mean, we had sci-fi books. We had fantasy books um, before Tolkien. And since he and C.S. Lewis were friends, they typically get talked about together. So you had similar books to them around the same time. But they weren't nearly as immersive. And I think Tolkien was one of the first people to write a fantasy story that was so immersive and so full of history that we're still getting books that his son, Christopher Tolkien, has kind of finished publishing that were from um, J.R.R. Tolkien's writings because he wanted it so immersive. He created his own language. He made his own maps. And that was kind of like the first time it had been done. And he kind of got to sort of trademark that. Um, and you even see stories these days, or fantasy, Trey, I'm sorry, but like stories like The Wheel of Time, you can see where they have taken some of um, the creativity from a story like Lord of the Rings. And I know I, it's its I own thing, say, will, but I'm just saying. I will, I, will give it, <laughs> I will give The Wheel of Time credit. Wheel of Time's my favorite series, but mm-hmm. the first half of that first book... Mm-hmm really does feel like fellowship of the ring yeah it kind of does like it's very similar and he does that on purpose because Mm -hmm. as you were mentioning tolkien was almost like the godfather of Mm -hmm. like the modern fantasy at that point yeah people followed him like if you wanted to read an epic fantasy if you wanted to make one if you wanted to get into something other than lord of the rings you were finding something that was similar to lord of the rings and so everybody was copying And trying to kind yeah. of imitate what Tolkien was doing and, at that time. And so Robert Jordan was kind of imitating mm-hmm. him to a degree until he felt that he could deviate the characters. Right. And I think that's in- important is you like you take inspiration from mm-hmm. things that you love and things that you you cherish. And I think that's what Lord of the Rings did is mm-hmm. he inspired so many people right. to write fantasy stories and to create an immersive world and to create a a story mm-hmm. that you could be like man like he spent two pages describing a field right you know like and describing this and that mm-hmm. and like like literally the first like just like the pre- the preface in the book and the the prologue are all just like describing you know hobbits what they're from what they do how yep. this like how this got named how this got named and it's just like this doesn't really add anything to the story of Frodo and mm-hmm. the ring and everything but it just it gives you a picture of the world right and some of those moments you're like man he it's is just going on and <laughs> yeah on dragging and on but it's still good and it's still mm-hmm. enjoyable for painting a picture and really describing like I love mm-hmm. there's certain things where it's like yeah this river was named 
this to the hobbits mm-hmm. because you know like the brandywine river right like, the hobbits didn't name the brandywine river it was named by the elves and mm-hmm. in the books it describes that the elves named it you know a different name but they don't have that type of alcohol that the elves had in hobbit in the shire so they changed it to brandy and it just like and he describes this whole thing of why it's named different right. things that's why it feels like history it's like ah. Uh, he, yeah, he not only gets so the story, real. but he gives the history of everything. And that's why I yeah. think it starts to split up people. Either you're not interested in that and it's too deep and it's too immersive. Or you're like us here, <laughs> you know, or watching this <laughs> podcast where it's like, no, I like the immersive. I like the history behind it. I like the creativity behind it. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I and I love kind of tracing it back to like Wheel of Time and other mm-hmm you know fantasy stories that they can take that inspiration right and they can give us great stories that are you know mm-hmm. that without without Tolkien you wouldn't have had that right you would not have had these other amazing writers be inspired to do this thing right and so I think that's kind of part of the reason why it's popular is people had all these things in their head and then Tolkien wrote, wrote it down right and he made this beautiful story and this beautiful adventure and now people are reading it and they're like oh man I could do that mm-hmm. I could write this I could I could paint this beautiful picture with words and do this. And now we have all these amazing stories and it's good. Right. <laughs> so kind of let's, I want to know your favorite Lord of the Rings characters and probably also moments. So is there a specific part where you're sitting down with someone else and you're like, shh, this part's coming up. Like wh- what is that moment of the movies for you? Oh, that is hard. And you can't Maddie say Helm's Deep. You can't say Helm's Deep. I think, okay, favorite character, at least to start with, I would still say is probably Aragorn. Because he's the most, like, he's flawed. You see that because he's definitely tempted by the ring at a certain point. Um, and maybe he makes the wrong decision. And he's also run away from, like, his birthright at some point. You know, it is now kind of being dragged into it. At first, not by his own will, but then eventually he sees, like, oh, yeah, eventually I'm going to have to, you know, reclaim the throne. And he kind of figures that all along the way. But he feels the most, like, relatable. You know, he's got problems, but he's solving them like a human would. He's tested and tempted just like a human would be um, and responds to it like a human would. Um, so, yeah, I would say Aragorn, plus he's, you know... As a girl, he's good looking. He's a dream character. <laughs> I mean, how do you not look for someone who has the qualities of Aragorn? I'm just saying. Does that mean Trey has the qualities I, of Aragorn? No, I know, I guess I yeah? do. <laughs> the noble qualities, I suppose. I that was a major compliment, dude. That's a good compliment right there. I still can't hey, get him to grow out his I, hair, but you know. I grew up in, well, I would say I grew up in part of my life around the same area that uh vigo actually lived this is true so yes apparently he was cited in your grocery store at some point <laughs> yep so he's from upstate new york and so that's where he has kind of his own little farm or like mm-hmm. that's where his horse that's and cool. stuff are and so he lives yeah. up there but it's in the like i live 20 minutes away from that town <laughs> like we played that's them cool in, like when i was in football we would play against them like yeah that's so. freaking awesome. That's really little, cool. Little, little fun tip. Plus, how I do you not like him? I would say my favorite. 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say, how can you not like him as an actor himself too? Like, if you watch the behind the so scenes, good. they have to go like grab him because he's fly fishing in the middle, and he's like, "It's just so beautiful out <laughs> here. When am I gonna have the chance to fly fish otherwise?" And he's just like taking in the it's nature. So he adopts the horse, you know, that he rides. Like, mm. how do you not like his character? Like the the actor himself, Vigo, is so similar to Aragorn in the movies. Like, yeah, it just makes sense that they. <laughs> and mesh he also well. like. He hurt himself so many times while yes! filming, yeah. like, because he was Seriously. all in. Like, he was like, "Yeah, man, uh, are we wrapped up for the day?" Yeah, I broke my wrist. We're gonna have to head to the hospital. You know, I think like, he even like, chipped a tooth foot. at some like, point. Yeah, yeah, like, and like the fact too, he like he knew the character. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew Aragorn. Like that he, like, especially in the first movie, like everyone else, they like when they were done filming and they were traveling. They would take off their costume, wear normal clothes, and, like, mm-hmm. travel. And a lot of their places, they were, like, hiking mm-hmm. to get to where they were filming. And Vigo wore what Aragorn would wear. And they're like, why are you doing this? He's like, well, like, I'm a ranger. Like, Aragorn's a ranger that wore this. Like, he didn't have a ton of change of clothes. Right. So his clothes are going to be torn. They're going to be, like, travel-worn. And he's like, they don't look that yet. Right. So he's like, I'm going to wear them. So they get that way. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. And just a little <laughs> side comment, because I, I know we've talked horse. about this outside, but I think because he's a ranger, it also is part of the reason why I got, like, super into the ranger's apprentice, like, later on in my life, yes. even as a yes. teenager. But it's, like, the whole ranger, like, just, like, look and, like, approach uh, to life and stuff is just so fascinating. But he is definitely so why cool. I ended up getting into that series later. <laughs> I love that series. It's fantastic. It is. But, yeah, Trey, Amazing. you're saying your favorite character. We got it on a big tangent. Well, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're all good. That's exactly what this podcast is about. All the rabbit holes. <laughs> it's true. We do it all the time. <laughs> I was just saying, my favorite is probably Pippin. Like, almost a complete opposite of Aragorn. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because Pippin goes from this, like, almost meek, laughable character from the first movie. And by the end, he's, like, a completely changed character. And I just love it. I just love the arc he has. I love the comedic timing that I cannot think of the actor's name right off the top of my head of Pippin. Um, But he just... He's phenomenal with and without Marin mm-hmm. or Mary. And yeah, I would just say Pippin's whole arc is probably just by far one of my favorite moments of the, all the trilogy. He's great. Yeah. I love Pip. <laughs> Pip's great. Also, come on. Uh, Him sitting, sitting after the two towers are destroyed, just in the, the like bunker, smoking his pipe, eating all the food. Like that's one of my favorite moments. It makes me laugh every time. I love when him and Mary are sitting on the wall um, mm-hmm. in Isengard and yeah. like everyone, like all the, the like King Theoden and all them are like rolling up and they're just like, welcome my lords. God. <laughs> Look what and we've done. Like, and really it's yes. the trees, but they're taking credit <laughs> yeah. and they're smoking the pipe weed. And yeah, yep. I, I love that Tolkien was, cause it's lightweight in the books too. I love that he, interjected all the serious nature of the book with comedic relief and they're the perfect Mm -hmm. comedic relief oh it's so good i will say though they don't crack my top three favorites um same it's definitely aragorn (laughs) then legolas then Mm -hmm. sam gotta give me some sam Sam. sam's Sam's number two for me love sam 
Um, my it's my favorite moments that I you asked. They always go like, "Shh, wait, hold on, like don't talk during this part." Um, that's hard. That's a really hard one. But I think I do. I love when like Aragorn comes back after they everyone thinks he's dead. Like all of those scenes where he's like reuniting with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And then I think another one is before the Battle of Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. When him and Legolas are like arguing in Elfish in front of all the men. And they're all like looking at him. And then Aragorn just stops and goes, and I will die as one of them. Like, yes. Yeah, it's so good. One of my favorite moments. <laughs> that and then in Two Towers earlier when he says his age. When he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm 87 years old. It's like, oh. Yeah. Like, he's 87? Like, look no good way. for like, 87. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I looked that good. Right? Like, that would be dope. Well, hey, earlier um, you said yeah. we don't know when your birthday is. You could have been born in the 1950s. So you could be 87. I like, I don't know. I could be looking this good at 87. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm surprised. Going back. I'm surprised you did not mention anything from Fellowship of the Ring. I I haven't mentioned yet because I would say right before like Gandalf dies, like I'm like a shh Mm. watch because then everybody's like, wait, what? He actually died? He doesn't come back? And the fact that he doesn't come back for a bit and he comes back kind of like in a reincarnated version, like people are shocked if they don't know. They're like, wait, a main character actually died? This never happens in the movies. (laughs) There's risk involved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, mine's even later in that movie, though. It's the very end of Fellowship, when the Fellowship breaks. Mm. And you have I love that uh, scene. Baromir um, and Leg- Legolas and Aragorn, like, trying to fight for Frodo and trying to find him. And then the whole, like, oh, no, we understand what's happening. Like, that whole, the whole what? Like, that's like a 20, 25-minute scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It's just so emotional. It's probably, probably for me, the most emotional part of all of the three movies. Mm. And that honestly, that like segment of scenes is what made Sam one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. is when like Frodo's in the boat on the river and Sam's like, he's like, Sam, I'm going to, going to Mordor alone. He's like, you are, and I'm coming with you. And he like can't swim. Like that whole scene, just every single time, like gives me goosebumps. Is there a scene? Because it just shows like, oh, Yes. Is there a scene that's ever made you guys, like, cry or, like, the first time you watched it? Like, it just hit you so hard that you're like, maybe I didn't cry, but, like, you got the goosebumps feeling like you were just saying. Or, like, that, ugh, like, every time this scene comes up, I just, like, my heart breaks. Or, like, I have the same feelings all over again. Hands down is when Sam carries Frodo up the the mountain in Uh, Return of the King. And I was just about to say when that Frodo's one. about to keep the ring, Sam's there like, no, we've come, like, we've come all this way for that. Right. Do it. Yeah. So, I, oh, yeah, every time scene. Sam says, I can't carry it for you, but I can mm-hmm. carry you, I go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> every single time, like, I'm on the verge. Like, oh, man, yeah. That oh. gets me every <laughs> single time. I know I yeah. said Aragorn is my favorite character, but my second favorite character is King Theoden. And I think it's just because oh. the acting is just superb. And if you don't know on the side, mm-hmm. he was a Shakespearean actor, which is why I think he is King Theoden was just like the perfect fit and why he has that feeling of like 
a king in distress, you know, and he mm, could have been yeah. easily in Hamlet, and he probably was. I don't know what his, like, theatrical, <laughs> like, uh, portfolio included, but when he dies is when it hits me the most. I think it's because Eowyn, like, his... Um, niece kind of comes and like takes over for him and is with him in like the last moment and there's something about that that always like gets me going is because he's fought for his people he's opened his mind you know he's changed for the better and he's lost his son he's like gone through like a ton of hardships like in a very yeah. short amount of time and yet you would still probably view him as a good king too and I just got so emotionally like attached to him and maybe because he's kind of like this father figure too to Eowyn um and even though she's not my favorite character like the bond between the two of them and the fact that he makes her kind of the next like person in line as opposed to her brother is like also kind of special but I don't know there's almost like this father-daughter kind of bonding moment and maybe that's why mm -hmm. it gets me emotional too is because I would feel that way if like my dad like something happened to him but yeah definitely and I've definitely caught my father shedding a few tears every time King Godin dies too so <laughs> well, <laughs> there's that speaking of some great actors too like I he is one of the best but I would have <laughs> to say topping that not my favorite character but the best actor Christopher Lee. Oh. He's so oh good. Oh my yes. gosh. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. I had, yeah. Had, yeah. 100%. Freaking Saruman, man. Yes. <laughs> like, I know, right? Jeez. And oh, he loved that role, too. Like, he definitely directed yeah. his character for that role and was like, no, this is like how, you know, Sauron would be saying this. And he knew how to sword fight. Mm -hmm. Like, he was made for that role. And he could yeah. quote, like, like most of the books, anyways. <laughs> He's the only actor that personally had met Tolkien yes, before he died. Yes, he is. Yep. Yeah. One of my and favorite moments with him is in um, Return of the King. And he is, when he stabs Grima in the back, he, yes. uh, Peter mm -hmm. Jackson was like, hey, like, I want you to like stab him in the back and then like let out a scream and like do this and, and, um, Sorry, Worma, Grima stabs. He's like, that's him how not Saruman in the back. Somebody wouldn't yeah. die that way. He's like, that's not how someone would would sound. Yeah. And Peter's like, what? And he's like, trust me, that's not how someone would sound. Mm -hmm. I would know. And he alluded to he has stabbed many people in the back, <laughs> and he knows how it sounds. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yes. The, the rumor it. and like the the myth, I guess, is that James Bond was based off of him. Like, Jeez. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> gosh, of course. What a so, man. What a man. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. And then he went into acting. Like, <laughs> Dang. Yeah, like, wow. And that's why we have that scene the way it is, is because yeah. James yep. Bond was there. And speaking oh, of good acting, the guy that plays the steward of Gondor, I forget his name, but Baramir, um, his yes. father, and Faramir's father. Denethor. Denethor, thank you. I could just yeah. only think of him as the steward of Gondor. He is a good actor <laughs> because he is the first like character other than um oh what's his name? We just said he got stabbed in the back. Why can't I remember his name? Oh, uh Grima. Grima, thank you. But for some reason, um he makes you hate him so much. Mm. And I love the symbolism, too, of, like, when he's eating and it's just, like, disgusting and, like, 
<laughs> Pippin is like singing at the same time, which is kind of like weird and like awkward feeling because you're watching like every other cutscene to him is like another close up of him like just eating a bunch of chicken and like gnawing on the bones and then like eating a tomato and it even like squirts on the screen. But it's like symbolic to the fact that like on the sidelines, like all these people are being crushed on their horses and like yeah. um, bleeding all to death and death. stuff. Yes, and he's just sitting there eating. It's just. The symbolism was yeah. really good in the scenes, but the yeah. actor himself just makes you hate him. And I'm like, that's good acting, yeah. though, if you really hate him. Yeah. And he should he deserves yeah. credit for that. Yeah, I was going to mention him because you hate him so much yes. as a character. <laughs> like, he is, like, universally the character everyone hates. Like, oh, yeah. Smeagol and, like, Gollum, they're like, okay, like, he has his moments where you don't mm-hmm. like him because he, like, betrays everyone. But he's also, like he has that internal struggle and he's Mm -hmm. dealing with so much crap and the ring manipulated him and all this stuff. Like he gets a little bit of a pass, but like Denethor, no, no, (laughs) he gets no pass to his death. Like, no, exactly. Yep. (laughs) Uh. I would also add to that. Sorry. My internet just kind of went out for a second. Um, I would add that the costuming for his character made him look so sickly. Yep. That, oh man, like the moment you look at him, you're like, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the costuming was done very well in that movie. Um, Just, yeah. I have nothing more to say other than if people lost their fingerprints over the costuming of the movie, it was a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we we will for sure be coming back to Lord of the Rings, hopefully within season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want to talk more I'd be in down. depth, maybe like movie by movie. Yeah, uh, about some that'd be interesting. Stuff. But for now, I think that's all the time we have. So uh, next week, so the Oscars are starting to come out. So nominations for the Oscars. And so we're going to take a look at that. And next week, we're going to kind of look back at some of the movies of 2023 and kind of give our thoughts on who we think might win best movie, best actor, things like that. We might not go through everything, but stick with us there. Um, Tim, take it away. Yeah, we come out with episodes every Wednesday. So be aware, listen, watch, just, you know, pay attention. It'd be great. We love it. Um, share with your friends, um, share with your coworkers, share with your family, do the whole rating, subscribing, commenting thing. Um, because it really does help. And I know you hear with every single podcast and every single like YouTube channel you listen to, you always hear, you know, smash that like button, subscribe, do all those things. It's because it actually does help. <laughs> and so it helps get, you know, the name out there to people you don't know because YouTube seeing and podcasts are saying like, oh, people like this. We're going to show it to other people. So it really does help. So if you do like, and you do listen to us and you enjoy hearing us, do all those things because you know it helps us and we like people to listen to our random comments and banters and things so be a friend and do that and if you have topics you want us to talk about or you disagree with maybe some of the things you said or you enjoy the hobbit more than we do because i I don't know about them i enjoy it but i don't like it as much if you do i'd love to have a conversation with you yeah it'd be a great (laughs) conversation so dm us on the socials we're we're around find us and 
send us a message or leave a comment on this video or this podcast. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Or if you have topics you want us to talk about, let us know. Send us a message. We'd love to dive into topics you enjoy. And we love finding new movies and new things to talk about. Because that's kind of the whole reason we do this thing. Um, Yeah, so catch us on Wednesday. Um, It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a great time. Because you know. It's all gate to me. (laughs) 